In episode 426 with Dr. John Laurence, we talk all about the power miracle molecule melatonin. We chat about how it can support you, what it can support you with, how you can start taking it, plus so much more. Welcome to the Melissa Ambrosini Show. I'm your host, Melissa, best-selling author of Mastering Your Mean Girl, Open Wide and Comparisonitis. And I'm here to remind you that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Each week, I'll be getting up close and personal with thought leaders from around the globe, as well as your weekly dose of motivation so that you can create epic change in your own life and become the best version of yourself possible. Are you ready, beautiful? Guess what, my beautiful friend? My fourth book, Comparisonitis, How to Stop Comparing Yourself to Others and Be Genuinely Happy is out right now. Number one, New York Times bestselling author and social media sensation Jay Shetty said, never before has a book been more needed. Future generations will thank Melissa for shining a spotlight on comparisonitis. And multiple New York Times bestselling author Gabby Bernstein said, since Melissa refers to people who have recovered from comparisonitis as unicorns, I suppose that makes this a sort of unicorn training manual. I'm so grateful that such a manual has arrived. It's been infinitely helpful to me. Head to comparisonitis.com or Amazon to get your copy today. Hey, and welcome back to the show. I am so excited and grateful that you are here because this episode, we are diving deep into the miracle molecule, melatonin. And we have never dove this deep into melatonin, so I'm so excited for you to hear about this powerful molecule that can help with your gut health. And we all know how important our gut health is. We also talk about how it can improve your skin and anti-aging and how John got COVID and used melatonin. We also talk about how melatonin can support depression, autism, stress, balance your hormones, autoimmunity, cancer, and so much more. And for those of you that have never heard of Dr. John Laurence, he is a naturopathic physician, chiropractic neurologist, and author who has been in private practice for 27 years. He is the chief scientific advisor for Mitozen Scientific and heads up Advanced Regeneration, which is a clinic which focuses on treating chronic diseases, regenerative medicine, and functional neurology. He is the author of Melatonin, Miracle Molecule, which some experts consider one of the most comprehensive books on the benefits of supplementing with melatonin. This episode is such a goodie. I'm so excited for you guys to hear it and dive deep into melatonin. And for everything that we mentioned, you can check out in the show notes. And that's over at melissaambrosini.com forward slash 426. Now let's bring on the incredible Dr. John Laurence. John, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. But before we dive in, can you tell us what you had for breakfast this morning? I didn't eat breakfast this morning. Yeah, so I generally skip breakfast. And actually today I didn't even eat until about 5.30. Wow, yes. So I had a nice fasting day. Amazing. And do you do that often? Is it something that you do weekly? I usually will have like a late lunch. The only days that I'll have breakfast are my feeding days. So if I do like a extended fast, like a three-day fast or a 24-hour fast, then I'll have a pretty big breakfast, a big lunch, and I'll have a big dinner. And I'll also supplement with protein, trying to activate mTOR, trying to kind of create that cellular regeneration process. Mm, It's so important. Those fasts are so important. I'm currently not doing any fasting because I'm breastfeeding. But before I was pregnant and breastfeeding, I loved doing a Sunday fast, doing some juice fasts and things like that, intermittent fasting. I think it's amazing and it's got so many health benefits. Mm -hmm, For sure. 
Yeah, I designed a fasting protocol about a year ago. And a friend of mine, Ben Greenfield, who a lot of people might know listening to this, you know, kind of a well-known biohacker, he challenged me to write an article on NAD and on fasting and mTOR. And, you know, the intention was to publish this on his bengreenfieldfitness.com. And so I started taking a deep dive into the subject and basically uh, came up with this protocol that at the time we called MitoFast, which, you know, we're, we're trying to basically do fasting to really accentuate the cleaning up of old, weak mitochondria. And the name of that is called mitophagy, right? So a lot of people have heard of autophagy, but the subset of cleaning actual those cellular materials that are the mitochondria is mitophagy. So we were calling it mitofast. And, you know, people can find that article if they search for it, but we've, we've kind of changed and shifted the name to fast track fast because that really more encapsulates the, the ability of this particular protocol to accentuate the signaling of fasting in a shorter period of time. You know, a lot of people just have a difficult time doing like a five-day fast, you know, and a lot of people can do a 24-hour fast or even a three-day fast. So what we did is we designed this to have a front-end loading phase with NAD. And we can talk a little bit about that. We can dive into that. But that's like charging the cellular energy. And then we looked at a number of different polyphenols, different plant extracts that mimic uh, calorie restriction, you know, like physotin and resveratrol and green tea extract and curcumin. A lot of these really great plant extracts, they're anti-inflammatory. They're very neuroprotective. They calm down something called microglial activation, which we can dive into, which is really fantastic for anybody that has any exposure to chemicals or any type of trauma to their brain. And so taking these polyphenols, why in a fasting state, can really accentuate that signaling of suppressing mTOR and giving you that cellular cleaning and recycling phase. And then, of course, the importance of the post-fast couldn't be understated. You know, it's really important. I think people may be kind of going overboard with the fasting and not paying attention to the feeding because you do feel good. You know, people explore into intermittent fasting and it can be more convenient for a lot of people because, you know, you can save time. You don't have to prepare breakfast or eat breakfast, right? But it's important to take days to really refeed and activate strongly mTOR because you have to maintain your muscle mass and, you know, all of your cells actually need that opportunity to rebuild and replenish themselves. Mm, so fascinating. I want to dive more into that, but I just want to give a little bit of a backstory into how I discovered you. So as you know, my husband, Nick, he consulted with you. And the first time he had your MitoZen products, the Zen Spray, which is something for those that don't know, the Zen Spray is something that you put up your nostrils. And he literally had to lay down and he was out. And I said, what did you just do? Are you okay? Is everything okay? Are you okay? And he was literally in this Zen state. So what is this Zen spray? Why did you create it? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. So it must have been about five years ago, I had a lady come to my clinic and she had Lyme disease and then it left some neurological side effects that she was looking to treat. So she had gone to the Amazon. And are you familiar with Cambo? Yes. So it's like a frog poison medicine, right? And so she went and studied for three months in the Amazon and became certified and basically cured her Lyme disease with doing all of these sessions with Cambo and came back to the United States and she had some dizziness and some different ocular issues. So she found me mainly because I do this endonasal cranial adjustment and I combine that with something called functional neurology. We call that functional cranial release, but she felt like I could really help her. So she shows up and I was familiar with Cambo. And so when she started talking about Cambo and I knew she was looking for my services as well, we immediately decided that we could do a trade. So she comes over and after I had, you know, done my work with her and we got great results. And so she comes over to do this Cambo session. And for those that haven't had this done, you get really ill and it's really not fun to be on that medicine. 
your face swells up and you're throwing up and it's just, you know, but that's part of it because it's like cleansing you, right? It's like the toxin is activating your immune system and it's just like kind of cleansing your body. So after my, you know, effect was over, she offered me something called hape. And at the time I didn't know what it was, but she said she had this wooden straw, you know, and she says, I blow this up your nose, it's going to burn, but it's going to help you, you know? And she says, I really love this. this is one of my favorite things to do. And so she blew this stuff up my nose and I was like, hell no. Like this was absolutely like terrible. I thought that the frog medicine was bad. Like now I've got this terrible burn and I think I reacted to it, actually. I think it was just too much for me. And I, I never even got to the other side of that where I got what they call the afterglow. So I was really repulsed by this medicine. And I thought that, you know, I'd never do this again. And so fast forward a few years, I was working with some facilitators, you know, and we do something called ketamine, which is a legal form of psychedelics in my clinic. And so I was doing some facilitation, some training within some psychedelic medicine. And one of the facilitators was going on and on about this hape and, you know, and she was telling me how much she benefited from it. So what I found out was that these Amazon tribes would use this as a heart opener and as a, an opener into ceremony. And before things like ayahuasca, or sometimes the hunters would do it before they would run off into the forest and hunt because it would kind of help give their brain more focused attention. So I thought, you know, maybe I should revisit this because she was just talking about it like it's the best thing ever. I do it every morning, blah, blah, blah. So I took some and I brought it back home with me. And I just did a tiny, tiny bit through a straw. And it burned, but it wasn't like too much for me. And I felt that amazing afterglow. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is really amazing. And at the time, we were already making things like the glutagenesis and the glutostat and some of the other nasal sprays that we that we, we now carry on mitozen.com. And I knew like I could make a nasal spray with this. And so that's where the idea was born. And so we started to formulate and we created three different flavors, if you will. There's a CBD version. There's just the regular original, which is really just the raw herb. And then we have an essential oil version that has things like rosemary and peppermint and some different essential oils. And it's become very popular, very popular. We're getting reports from people every day uh, that are really using it for an entry into meditation. Some people are using it in different ceremonies with medicine and psychedelics. Some people are using it with breath work. You know, I personally found that breath work with the Zen is really amazing. One of the things that I talk to people about is what I call Ten and Zen. Um, are you familiar with Wim Hof breathing? Yes, I've had him on my show. Okay, yeah. So basically you do, and you can do more than 10, but it's like Wim Hof breaths. The last inhale, you do the Zen spray. And there's something called holotropic breathing. So we kind of wrap a little bit of holotropic where there's the sip and kind of a focus into the pineal and the crown and then a full exhale and hold the breath. And so you can use Zen to really open up the pineal and really people kind of get into the quantum with this effect. It sounds so interesting. Is it okay to use whilst breastfeeding? Yes, actually it is. Hmm. Okay, well, I'm going to give it a go and I'll report back to you, but it sounds so fascinating. And I want to know how you got into the whole melatonin space. How did this all unfold for you? How did you get to being an expert on melatonin? Well, Melissa, that's a great question. I would have never thought that this would be the case, you know, five years ago, but I have a history where I got very ill. And like this lady that came to me with Cambo, I also had Lyme disease and it was quite bad. And I actually didn't even know why I was sick for many, many years, over 10 years, really just suffering and searching for answers. And then, you know, once I discovered what the problem was, I, it led me to explore different healing arts and eventually led to me figuring out how to heal myself and then 
it's a big part of my practice in Sarasota, Florida here. We, we work with a lot of people with mold illness and biotoxin illness and Lyme disease. But with that whole process, it left me with some neurological issues. You know, I had a lot of problems with word finding and my memory and brain fog, more fatigue than I would like. And so I did an internship with a doctor named Frank Schallenberger. Are you familiar with Frank Schallenberger? No, I've never heard of him. Yeah, he'd be a good person to have on your show, actually. He is, he's kind of the father of ozone therapy. You know, he brought ozone to the United States, and he's one of the first functional doctors really back in the early 80s, and uh, just a really amazing human being. So I, I was blessed to be able to go to his clinic and shadow him and learn from him. And it was the first, well, it wasn't the first time because I heard about melatonin at a conference and the person presenting was talking about like massive doses of melatonin. And the doctor sitting next to me kind of tapped my shoulder and he says, this is a huge pearl. I started doing this in my clinic and like this, this is really something you should pay attention to. And so that got my attention. And shortly after, I'm in Reno, Nevada at Dr. Schallenberger's clinic, and I'm watching him prescribe hundreds of milligrams of melatonin to cancer patients and various neurological cases. And so I, I asked Frank, he had like an opening, like a gap in his schedule. So would you mind working me up? Could I jump into your schedule and let me know what you think? And, and he said, oh, man, you know, I think you should start taking 200 milligrams of melatonin before bed every night to heal your brain. And so I took him up on that. And lo and behold, after a couple of months of that, it was just a drastic turnaround for me. So I was sold and I started looking around and I could not see any, any negative reasons that you, could, that you wouldn't be able to ramp the dosage up. But I just got so excited about melatonin and the technology, I decided to write a book. And it wasn't really intended to be a, a big book. It was just going to be a small book. Maybe I was going to make a small ebook. And here, three years later, I now have over 500 pages, 22 chapters, and it's more like a textbook. And I feel like this is probably going to be one of the best books on melatonin that's been published just because I've brought all of the research on melatonin. It's highly referenced. And what I've done is each chapter, because there's chapters on different organs and different disease processes, is what I've done is I've brought my own experience in there as a naturopath and chiropractic, you know, functional neurologist where we also add in other strategies and how to use melatonin. So people can kind of draw from my 25 years of experience clinically and using fasting and autophagy and ozone and different herbs and so forth um, in conjunction with melatonin. So The book is very extensive. So I want to congratulate you on that because I know it's not a walk in the park to write a book, especially the size of your book. And when you were describing this, what you've been through, you literally described my husband, Lyme, mold, fatigue, brain fog. And the same as you, he has spent years going, what is wrong with me? And searching, 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 searching for answers. And then, you know, he's done so many things. He's a biohacker like you and you know, he's now working with you, which is amazing. And he feels amazing. And this morning we wake up and have a cuddle in bed and we always say three things we're grateful for. And this morning he said, I'm grateful for melatonin. Cause he, (laughs) that's awesome. He obviously took some last night and he had a really good sleep. So good that he sleeps through our newborn baby in the next room. And he woke up, he said, I'm grateful for melatonin in this really deep voice. And I thought, "Mm, you must have had a really good sleep. That's awesome. Can you talk to us about, obviously, our body naturally makes melatonin. So why would we need to supplement with it? And why is it important? That's such a good question. And I think what people need to consider is the difference in the way we live now and the way we've been living up until 100 years ago. So there's what I call melatonin headwinds, right? So melatonin is 
besides being the great stress buffer, which I think we should kind of get into, it's also a powerful activator to what's called our circadian rhythm. So this very specific rhythm that takes us from a certain state where we're awake and, you know, operating in the world to asleep and repairing our bodies. And so this signaling of sleep-wake is related to melatonin at night and cortisol during the day. And so the importance of that strong signal on both sides can't be understated. And so when we have the signal to, to secrete melatonin, it's total blackness, right? And so during the day, we have mostly blue and green light that hits our eyes, and that's a trigger to store melatonin in the pineal. And then when we have blackness, the melatonin is released. And then that's a trigger for us to go into this uh, sleep state. And so a light pollution, actually lack of light, like if we're wearing sunglasses. One of the things that I talk about in my book, and I also talk about when I'm speaking, is don't wear your sunglasses in the morning. You know, you wake up, I mean, maybe you can put them on. Honestly, I think a lot of people could get by driving without sunglasses at all. I think that people become over-reliant on that and their eyes get sensitive because they're always wearing sunglasses, but you can ditch your sunglasses and you'll actually have a much stronger signaling to this circadian rhythm. So not enough sunlight, you know, we're working indoors, we're living indoors, we're not getting the sunlight exposure. A lot of our artificial light doesn't give you the same effect that the sun would. And then at night, a lot of people have too much artificial light and they're watching their phones, they're watching TV, you know, their computers. So there's these artificial lights that are telling us, hey, it's, it's daytime. So these things can be really troublesome. EMF, so like your Wi-Fi router and different wireless devices, those waves literally go right through your skull. And when they pass through your pineal, it's telling your pineal it's daytime. So we want to try to shield our brain in particular from those things, and that can really affect your sleep. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of these melatonin headwinds. And so people can start to tease these things apart. We give a lot of solutions in the book. I personally have red lights. I have lamps and automatic switches. And so I don't use any of my the lights that are normally in the house when I'm home. And that really helps. So it kind of looks like a submarine at my house. Yeah. Yeah. So does our house. We've got red lights and it makes such a difference. And then we've also got the blue blocking glasses, which are amazing. And if I'm walking through an airport when I used to fly places to travel, which we're not doing right now, but I would just wear my glasses. And actually, there's a company that I love. It's called Blue Blocks. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. But they actually, they just brought out a sunglass range that allows in the good UV and then keeps out the harmful UV to your eyes. So if there are people that are not willing to give up their sunglasses, maybe they could check those out. But what is melatonin? What is it? So it's a molecule. It's converted from serotonin and uh, tryptophan. And so it's a very special molecule. It goes way beyond sleep. And that's really what I try to get through on my book, you know, because we don't really speak about sleep as much as you would think, you know, a book on melatonin you think would be all about sleep. And we really get into things like cancer and liver disease and cardiovascular and gut health and mental emotional health. And, you know, you think about all of the different skin you think about all the different stressors that we have. I mean, really, everything's a stress. Gravity's a stressor. The sun's a stressor, right? So there's a lot of stressors that happen to our bodies, and our body has to have a reaction to that stress. And oftentimes, that is a healthy thing, right? So if we were like in zero gravity and there's no stress and whatever, you know, our bodies would deteriorate very rapidly. So there's a, what I call a familiar zone, and this is the zone that a lot of people may exist in on a day-to-day -day basis, and it's not challenging you, right? It's just kind of like the average experience that you might be having. 
And then you start to get into something called the hormetic zone. And the hormetic zone is when you're pushed a little bit more than what you're typically pushed into. Like if you were to work out with weights, you would want to push that into that 11th and 12th rep, right? Like you want to like push it so that it's a little bit more than what you would be comfortable with. And that gives you a gain in muscle strength because you're pushing past the familiar zone into this hormetic zone. And this, this zone can be for any type of stress that you can imagine. And when you go past that hormetic zone and everybody's going to have like a ceiling, right? A limit to how much hormetic or hormesis they can deal with before they start getting into what's called a danger zone. This is when the body's ability to adapt has been exceeded. And so all of these stressors have one thing in common, and that's a cytokine, and that's inflammation, okay? And so different stressors are going to have a different collection or family of cytokines. Like, for instance, with COVID, right? COVID has a very specific set of cytokines, and when it goes out of control, they call it a cytokine storm. So a lot of people are starting to get familiar with the word cytokine. But what happens when your cells are showered with cytokines is that the mitochondria, if it gets to be past that hormetic ceiling, then those cytokines are too much for the mitochondria to handle. And there's a shift in energy where the mitochondria stops making energy the way it would normally, which is basically taking glucose and oxygen and making something called ATP. And with enough cytokine, there's a shift where the cell has to make energy through aerobic glycolysis. And it's a very inefficient way of making energy. And so you make about 10% of the amount of energy. So you can imagine if, if like I had COVID, right? And I have a cytokine storm. And then there's this shift in energy production. I have neutrophils and lymphocytes and these immune cells that are basically in battle. And I choke off 90% of their energy. You know, what do you think is going to happen? things are going to just completely fall apart and there's there's no more battle. The battle's now going to be won by the virus. And this is exactly what happens with COVID. And so that's why a lot of hospitals and natural doctors are using higher doses of, of melatonin in those settings. Like this is not fringe. This is in some of the best hospitals, you know, around. This is what I know with Donald Trump, you know, they were talking about, oh, he got high doses of melatonin. And I thought that that was great. But this goes for every single type of stress. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, all my life, if I went out in the sun, even for like a couple hours, I would burn. I would get bright red. And then within a day or two, I would lose my tan and I would get kind of like, I wouldn't be brown, right? So since I've been doing high dose melatonin, I can be out in the sun literally all day long with no skin protection. Now, I'm not advocating people take melatonin and go out without skin protection, but really the main concern with, with this is burn. Getting burned is you're past the hormetic zone, right? You're in the danger zone. And so melatonin opens up that window so that you can have more hormetic zone before you get to the danger zone with virtually every type of stress you can imagine. And it's because every mitochondria in your body, every mitochondria in your cell makes melatonin to quench this inflammation. And that's above and beyond sleep. In addition, another really fascinating point is that your microbiome, which I, I consider to be everything, you know, you talk to any holistic practitioner, any doctor that really is doing good work with patients, they're going to be really focused on having patients have a healthy gut from the stomach all the way down to the large intestine, right? And so you, in your large intestine, primarily you have all these good bacteria, your, your microbiome. And the microbiome are on a clock just like you. They have a circadian rhythm. And the gut secretes melatonin. Your gut actually secretes 400 times more melatonin than your brain does. So it's quite a lot of melatonin. And that melatonin, it suppresses bad bacteria, but it promotes the growth and repair and regeneration of the good bacteria. And they have a name for that. It's called microbiome swarming. 
And so this is something we like to do with patients after a fast as well. Even if patients, maybe they're not sold on, oh, I'm going to go on all this melatonin, we'll have people take high doses of melatonin right after a fast because a fast is actually a stressor to your microbiome, right? Your microbiome is like starved of food. There's no food there. So it's kind of survival of the fittest. So then you've got the strongest microbes left and you want to go in there with this high dose of melatonin and stimulate the growth of the good ones and suppressing the bad ones. So yeah, really fascinating, fascinating stuff. Yes, so fascinating. I had never heard of microbiome swarming before I discovered your book. So I thought that was fascinating. And I love that each chapter in your book covers a different ailment. So there's chapters on sunburn, there's a chapter on stress, there's a chapter on digestion, microbiome swarming, there's one on infections, there's one on aging and skin conditions and autism and ADHD and EMF and light pollution. You literally cover everything and how melatonin can help with those things. I want to touch on a couple of the topics that I think my audience will really dig, and that is hormones, PMS, birth control, fertility, all of those sorts of things. So tell us how melatonin supports our hormones and PMS and all of that. Well, it's really a similar story with almost every of any one of those questions. We could be talking about cardiovascular or skin or hormones. And we talk about hormones and hormones are secreted in systematic signaling, right? So that there's rhythms that hormones have, like cortisol is secreted in the morning. You want it to be higher in the morning, it tapers off. And so there's certain times when testosterone and estrogen and progesterone and these are all hardwired to your circadian rhythm because it, it, there's timing that's involved. So a lot of times people's hormones, the timing is off and that affects can affect the hormone status greatly. And if you look at each gland, you know, you have these different stressors, whether it's toxins or mental emotional stress, it creates oxidation, right? So oxidation is going to be stressing your mitochondria and your ability to make energy and this energy that we pull from is what's going to drive those glands to be able to produce healthy hormones. But there's also a whole flip side to this, you know, that a lot of people don't talk about. And so if I were to make a hormone and that hormone goes and there's like a lock and key, right? So if I have like a testosterone, there's a receptor site for testosterone. So testosterone locks into that keyhole and that's going to activate the testosterone receptor on that cell, which is going to have a certain effect. And so what happens often is that these receptor sites get occupied. And when the, the hormone comes off, it's no good anymore. It needs to be cleaned out. It needs to be detoxed, right? So all of our detox pathways rely on energy. So this is one of the things that we see when people start taking melatonin and start sleeping better is that they'll start to cleanse their body, right? So, you know, everything from lymphatic flow to liver, there was a whole chapter on liver. And you can see when you look at melatonin, how, I mean, think about you have toxins that are entering the liver and the liver has to neutralize these toxins and carry them out of the body. That's like a major war. So if you go down at a chemical level to what's happening with those toxins in the liver, there's so much oxidation that's happening. And melatonin being like the master antioxidant, it's there protecting your liver tissue so it doesn't get damaged during all of this stress. Same thing with the gut. You know, you've got that gut barrier. There's so much oxidation that happens between the transfer of nutrients into the gut. So anywhere where there's a high amount of oxidative stress, melatonin has a higher demand, the skin, you know, because we're dealing with the sun. But ultimately, the brain and the heart are the two most metabolically sensitive organs in the body. And so there's the most sensitivity to when energy level starts to run low with mitochondria and energy production ability. And so people that have neurological issues or have issues with their cardiovascular disease or, or 
or their heart are going to stand to have a lot of benefit if they start utilizing things that are going to be supporting their mitochondria. You know, besides melatonin, I'm a big fan of NAD. And I think NAD is something a lot of people might consider as well. So fascinating. And I want to encourage everyone to grab your book because you do cover so much. You literally cover everything in there. But I want to know, can you take too much and could it stop your natural production of melatonin? Yeah, that's a great question. I think there's a conspiracy against melatonin. I really do. I mean, I don't know if it's the FDA. I don't know if it's the medical associations and the AMA and whatever. But, you know, if you look up melatonin and you Google it, like, and you can pull up like WebMD or something like that, and you look at side effects, you know, it'll tell you headaches and fatigue. And there's like this whole list of side effects that one might look at and say, wow, it sounds kind of dangerous, right? What they don't tell you is that the studies that they did that they're referencing to get those side effects, the side effects were the exact same in the placebo arm. So it's a bit misleading, right? So people that might be looking at, okay, what are the potential harmful effects of melatonin? They might actually think that there are. And there's not been any studies showing that there's any negative effects to melatonin, and they've done studies all the way up to like 150,000 milligrams in what would be equivalent to like an average male. So you can't overdose it, right? Uh, at least that that's up until 150,000. You might be really foggy and tired, right? But and lethargic, but you will not have any negative health consequences as a result of that. And what's really amazing about melatonin that doesn't share the same thing with like testosterone and estrogen and progesterone, other hormones in your body, is that there's a negative feedback loop. And so your body, if you have a certain level of hormone, if it gets too high, then what happens is you downregulate receptor sites. And so your body's saying, oh, wow, we've got plenty of that hormone. We need to like modulate the situation so that we don't have an overexpression of that hormone. So they basically downregulate receptor sites. So this is really the problem with a lot of hormone replacement therapy. But with melatonin, there's no negative feedback loop. And so you will produce just as much melatonin at any given night, no matter how much melatonin you take exogenously. I don't want people listening to now just run out and grab some melatonin and then just start taking what's not required for their body. So Besides reading your book or having a consultation with you, where can people start? And obviously, it's going to be different for men and women. And I'm sure, like, I don't know, I'm breastfeeding at the moment. Would that be different to someone who's not breastfeeding of the same age and pregnancy? All sorts of things. Can you kind of dive into that a little bit? Yeah. You know, if someone's pregnant, I would definitely be cautious with it. There hasn't been enough research into that. Kids and babies have a tremendous amount of melatonin. So with you breastfeeding, you've got no problems. I mean, these kids can, and we dose children with big doses of melatonin. So there's nothing to be worried about with children with high doses of melatonin. There's nothing to be worried about with breastfeeding with high doses of melatonin. And I agree with you. Uh, Melatonin can be a bit of a tricky supplement. It doesn't always work smoothly for everybody. Most people do really well with it, but there are some situations where, you know, like I'll give you an example, melatonin can detox the brain from heavy metals. And so sometimes when people first start taking it, they may need some adaptation. So, you know, like a couple of days to kind of adapt to the higher doses, so kind of tapering up. But I'm with you. I think that anybody listening to this should really consider getting the guidance of their healthcare provider. The problem is, Melissa, is that not a lot of people understand it, you know, so they might guide them to like get my book and read my book and they can always reach out to me to get some coaching on it. You know, one thing also that I think we should, it's worth pointing out is that melatonin orally is only two and a half percent absorbed. So the pills that people are taking are really not a lot. So not only are a lot of people taking, you know, two, three, four, five, or 10 milligrams of melatonin, but they're only absorbing two and a half percent. And that's why we put it in a suppository. We also put it in a suppository because 
the release of the melatonin is over five or more hours. And this more mimics the way the body releases it. Whereas if you take a pill, you're likely to have like a peak plasma for 45 minutes to an hour if you're lucky. We also have it in a liposomal, which is a way of encapsulating the melatonin into something that mimics like your cell membrane. So it's much higher absorption. So these are things that I think people should really consider, especially if they're dealing with any type of healing situations and they're looking to move the needle on supporting their mitochondria, the higher doses really make more sense. Well, like I said before, you know, my husband had a great sleep last night and that has definitely been something that he has reported since taking melatonin, better sleep and yeah, less fatigue and just his health is improving so much. Is it something that you would recommend taking ongoing or would you kind of do a burst of it and then have a break? What's your thoughts on that? Well, so Russell Ryder is a MD and a PhD, and he was also someone instrumental in inspiring me on writing the book and and taking more of a dive into melatonin. You know, I'm going to guess he's probably in his mid to late 80s. But in the 60s, actually, Russell Ryder was the guy that did the studies to prove the pineal gland was more than just a worthless gland. And so he's really a, an amazing researcher. He's probably one of the most referenced researchers with melatonin that I know. He personally takes between 100 and 200 milligrams of melatonin every night and has for many, many years. So to answer that question, me personally, I'm on board. I mean, there might be some, some times where I'll not take any at all. And honestly, I feel like I get a, a pretty good night's sleep without it as well. So it's not like I fall off a cliff if I'm taking the higher doses for an extended period of time. But if people are looking to kind of address something, they could look at doing 30 days or 60 days or 90 days. Really, 90 days, I think, is a good reference point to really promote a lot of long-lasting change in the body. So we often will have our patients do a 90-day program, and then it's kind of up to them if they want to stay on it. But there's certainly no reason on the negative side, that somebody could not just start taking it and keep on that type of regimen for many, many, many years or even the rest of their life. Mm, so interesting. I want to know how your health is now. What are you working on within yourself at the moment? And how's your health? Well, I consider it to be pretty fantastic. I'm 51. And I had COVID about two months ago. I'm pretty sure it was the Delta version. And although it was, you know, it was rough, it was quite painful because of the inflammation, it didn't go into my lungs. And I, I attest that to the melatonin because I was taking high doses of melatonin. I had zero lung complaints. It was just body aches and a little bit of brain fog for a week afterwards. But I would say that, yeah, I feel like I, I handled it really, really well. You know, I work out regularly. You know, I'm in the gym lifting weights. You know, some of the injuries I've had throughout my life, you know, we do regenerative medicine in my clinic as well. So I've had rotator cuff tears that I've had injected with stem cells and bone marrow. You know, I've had herniated discs that have been in injected with stem cells. And, you know, I'm lucky to have these things available to me, you know. So I do think that if people have access to a good regenerative medicine doctor, particularly someone that uses ultrasound because we, we actually use ultrasound to guide the injections. And I think it's really the future of orthopedic medicine. So we have things like melatonin that can keep our brain and heart healthy, right? Among other things, right? Things like NAD and really good polyphenols, fasting strategies, you know, all of these things can be really powerful to keep the internal terrain, you know, and our organs healthy. But you also have to think about your physical body. Because if you're not able to exercise, that alone helps with insulin sensitivity and you know health. There's so many health benefits hormonally to being able to go out there and be functional and active. So if you're going to be falling on the conventional surgical route, I think a lot of people are going to be really disappointed. And so there's this new kind of explosion with doctors that can use injections 
you know, we're able to literally go in and poke at bone spurs. We're able to go in and release nerves under ultrasound with various, even like saline or different like peptides where we go in and we do what's called nerve hydrodissection. And so there's things you can clean up and repair just through an injection that are just amazing. And the downtime is like literally nothing, you know, like a day or two. So I think in the next 10, 20 years, surgeries are going to be a thing of the past and everybody's going to be using high level imaging and instruments that are like the size of a needle that just go in there and do the work. And then we're injecting. If you think about it, when you get an injury, you bleed into that injury. Like if I tore a muscle or if I broke a bone, you bleed. So the blood is in a liquid state and it goes into all that damage, but it turns into a solid state afterwards. And that solid state is when the platelets are activated and growth factors are released. It's a graft. Your body has basically put a graft, which is like this hard gelatin, and the wisdom of the body with stem cells and growth factors knows they're going to make skin, they're going to make periosteum and bone and ligament and tendon and muscle. And it all happens. And this is what we can literally do with an injection. You have to find the right practitioner. So these are the things that I use. I do. I have red lights that I have at home. I have a biocharger here at home, hyperbaric oxygen at my house, hot and cold plunge, and a sauna. So we have a lot of this stuff at my clinic, but I found that I wasn't using it as much. And when it's here at home, I wake up really early, sometimes 3.34 in the morning, and I spend a few hours meditating and doing these things to keep myself healthy. And, and, and I feel good. I love doing it. You know, it's a passion. Yeah, you look amazing through the screen. Your face is just glowing and you look amazing. And we're the same. We have a sauna. We have a hyperbaric oxygen chamber. And if my husband could just do all of his biohacking things all day long, he probably would. But I make him do things around the house too. And he's got to work and he's writing an album at the moment. Oh, wow. What kind of music does he write? Oh, it is so beautiful. I'll have to send you him on Spotify. His new album is very different to what he has done in the past, but it's very like sexy and a little bit poppy, but really sexy. And if he could take his keyboard and microphone into the hyperbaric oxygen chamber and record in there, he probably would. Wow. Yeah, that's awesome. So he loves it so much. Does he play the guitar? He plays the guitar. There's a saxophone on the wall. There's an electric guitar. There's a guitar. There's a keyboard over here. He plays everything and he's got an incredible voice and he's working on his next album right now. And yeah, his music's beautiful. I'll send it to you. Oh, wow. I had a call two weeks ago and actually Luke Story, who's another podcaster, and he says, I've got someone I'm going to send to you. And he's touring with Eric Clapton and they're going to be in Tampa, right? And so I get this call from this musician, right? And honestly, like I'm looking back and I'm, I'm, I'm listening to this guy's music and I can't believe that I didn't know who he was, but his, his name's Doyle Bramhall II. Have you ever heard of him? No, I haven't. So he was Stevie Ray Vaughan's protege at 15 years old, right? He's from Austin, Texas. And then they started a band called the Archangels, which was basically all of Stevie Ray Vaughan's band members. And then he became a solo artist, toured with Pink Floyd. He's Eric Clapton's best buddy, and they tour quite a bit. So I went to the concert. It was the first time I've ever been backstage. And, and then I met Doyle, right? And I brought my ultrasound machine because I was looking at his elbow. And he wound up staying in Florida. This is like two weeks later. He's staying at my apartment. We're like best buddies now, right? But the reason that I brought that up is because he loves Zen. And I know he would be okay with me talking about this because I was on another podcast. And I was like, you know, I thought about dropping your name. And he's, oh, you're totally good, right? It's no problem. But he loves Zen. So he's working on a song for Zen. So I'll have to share that with you when, when it's done. Yeah, please do. That's awesome. Yeah, my husband loves your products as well and obviously loves working with you. And if you have Spotify, you can just search Nick Broadhurst and you can hear all his music. It's really beautiful. Awesome. I'll do that. 
Okay, I've got some rapid-fire questions for you. Are you ready? Okay. (laughs) Firstly, let's pretend you have a magic wand and you could put one book in the school curriculum of every high school around the world besides your book, which I think should absolutely be in the curriculum because I think that age need to understand the power of melatonin. But if you could put one other book in the curriculum, what would it be? And it can be on any topic. It could be on health. It could be on relationships, whatever. Yeah. You know, I would say The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, so good. And I say that because having that foundation for kids to just realize that there's only now, right? And to drop the past, you know, and not be afraid of the future because it'll never be, right? It's always going to be just in this now moment. And I thought Eckhart Tolle did just such an amazing job in that book. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, that was one of the first spiritual books I picked up many, many years ago, and it shifted a lot for me. So I love that book, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Now, I would love to hear about your morning routine. How do you set yourself up for success? Talk us through a quote-unquote typical day in your life with all of your biohacks and all of your rituals and routines. Yeah, so probably the typical is I'll wake up and I've got this Japanese-style hot plunge that I can do a really cool stretch. So I can stretch my psoas on one side and I can stretch my hamstring on the other. And, you know, so I kind of have this yoga routine in the hot plunge. And then right next to it is the cold plunge. So I go between the two. And of course, I do breath work often in the hot plunge as well. Sometimes I'll have the Zen out there during that, those breath. And I would not recommend people do Zen or breath work in water, but I'm very experienced, right? And so often I'll be in the hot plunge, I'll get in the cold plunge, and then I have a rebounder. And so after I get in the cold plunge and I'm kind of cool, I'll rebound until I kind of get a little chilly. And then I'll go back into the hot plunge. I'll usually do that three times. And then from there, I'll dry off and I'll go straight in front of the red lights. And then after I'm done with that, oftentimes I'm in a good state to sit down and and meditate. And so oftentimes, you know, I've been to Joe Dispenza a few times and I've studied with another amazing man called Michael Rice. Anybody really looking for some interesting strategies for spiritual growth and and something called still point breathing, they can go to whyagain.org. And Michael Rice, I learned this still point breathing like almost 25 years ago, and it was just absolutely amazing and life-changing for me. So I'll do that type of breath work during meditation. And like I said, I don't have breakfast, but I'll pack my lunch and then I'll usually go to the gym. And I do something called uh, super slow zone type of training. Are you familiar with that? No, I've never heard of that. Okay. So I combine super slow training with blood flow restriction. Oh, my husband has this thing that he wears. Is it like katsu? Yeah, yes, it's the same thing. Yes. It's the same thing. I do know what you're talking about. Yes, okay. Yeah, he walks around doing that. So the thing about it is, is that when you go slow, you're maximally activating all of the fibers in the muscle, right? And so in a nutshell, it's like this. You're going to do slow and smooth, no pause at the eccentric or the concentric, but it's smooth all the way to both ranges of motion. And you want to complete failure at about three minutes. So you can do this on machines. You know, I usually, you can do it with free weights, but it's, you know, machines really work well for this. So I'll go from machine to machine and literally in 15 to 20 minutes, I can do an incredible workout and you don't get sweaty because you're not really building up a lot of heat, but I'll combine that with the katsu and it's really next level, really next level. Easy on your joints you know, as we get older, that really matters. Yeah, absolutely. You've inspired me because when Nick first got it, I was pregnant. And he said, when you're not pregnant, I want you to try this. So, And I still haven't tried it. So I'm going to have a go of it. I find that fascinating. And then what do you do after your gym? It's usually time to go to work. So you'll see me at the gym with scrubs on. <laughs> you know, a lot of times I'll have a tank top and then I'll, I'll switch out the shirt. But yeah, I just try to make things easy and smooth. So often my dog accompanies me to work. And we have this little mascot called Lonnie, who's a Australian shepherd. <laughs> <laughs> 
and she's got these beautiful blue eyes. And so sometimes I'll drop her off at her friend's house and sometimes she'll go to the clinic with me. Beautiful. Sounds so fun. I know if we had a big enough garage, which is my husband's man cave, he would probably want a hot and cold plunge, but there's not enough space in there. But I'm sure he'd probably be willing to just leave the car outside on the street just so he could get that in there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's so good. It's something that you will use every day. I mean, it's really, I've turned so many people on to this. And do you not have a backyard? No, we don't. We don't. But we live on the beach. Mm. Mm. So, well, yeah, I know. We could go inland and get a bigger house with a bigger backyard, but we're right on the beach and we love that. And my husband surfs, so he's there every day. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, it's all about compromising and... (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough one. Yeah, exactly. Okay, three quick little questions for you. What is one thing that we can do today to improve our health? Well, you know, taking care of your vagus nerve, right? Taking care of your parasympathetic nervous system. I think everybody's really too sympathetic dominant. We've got too much stresses. You know, we talked about a lot of those stressor headwinds. So how can you take care of your vagus nerve? Well, We talked about Zen. Zen actually supports the vagus nerve. Breath work really supports the vagus nerve. Meditation, doing things that you love, laughing, you know, enjoyment. Those things really support. And you know, the other thing that really supports the parasympathetic and the vagus is melatonin. In fact, we know this because I'm not sure if if you, do you work with heart rate variability much or do you talk about it much in your show? Yes, I have. I used to have a little heart rate variability monitor, but yeah, I find it fascinating. So this is a great window into how um, balanced your sympathetic to your parasympathetic nervous system is because that, that variability is because you're getting your heart controlled by the sympathetic and then it comes in and you get controlled by the parasympathetic. And so one of the things we see with people that start using high-dose melatonin is their heart rate variability just gets, it really goes up nicely. And so this is something that I think a lot of people should pay attention to is love yourself, take care of your vagus nerve, take care of your parasympathetic, do things that you love to do, do some breath work. Mm-hmm. My husband also has a essential oil blend for the vagus nerve that he puts on a couple of times a day, which is really cute. And he always comes up to me and puts it on me as well. So yeah, there's lots that you can do to support the vagus nerve. Have you ever heard of the dive reflex? No. So if you take your head and you stick your face in cold water, the bridge of your nose, like there's receptors and you kind of your forehead and the bridge of your nose, it's a dive reflex. It's a very powerful activator to the vagus nerve. So this is one of the reasons when we do cold plunges, we feel really good is because we're activating the the vagus nerve. But you can just fill your sink with ice water and just do your face. And actually, this could be a great practice for a lot of people to support vagal tone. Mm, I love that. And that's something that everyone can do. And they don't need to get a cold plunge in their garage like I want to get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's the poor man's cold plunge. I love it. Okay, what's one thing that we can do today for more wealth in our life? So more abundance in all areas of our life. Oh, I love that question. All right, so I got to tell a short story. I had gone to this Joe Dispenza seminar, right? And he talks about manifesting things in your life. And also one of my good friends is Rhonda Byrne. She wrote The Secret. She's from Australia, so you should know her, right? So... I've been looking to relocate my practice and I knew, and I have the supplement company, Mitozen is growing and I knew I needed the perfect property, which was a warehouse right next to an office space that I could convert into the clinic. And all the realtors are telling me, you know, you can't find that. There's nothing like that. And so one morning, this is like four in the morning, right? And I'm doing my breath work and I go into manifesting and I'll tell you exactly how to do it. All right. This is, we're going to break it down and make it simple. The key is you have to be totally grateful. Gratitude is the secret sauce to manifesting things in your life. So if there's things that you want to attract into your life, then you have to go into a grateful state and you have to be in a state of already receiving it, right? So for me, I was thinking about this building. I was picturing it. 
I was first starting with just being grateful to be alive, feeling grateful for all of the amazing things in my life, my health. And I was just grateful. And I was just really just focused on my heart. And then I switched into being grateful for the building and what it would be like to be in the building, right? And what was my life like now that I had this amazing building that I was looking to attract in my life? That day, I go into my clinic and a friend of mine who's in a contractor, we're having this conversation. I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for this building and blah, blah, blah. And he says, oh, really? You're looking for like a warehouse space? With it? It's like, I got just, I was going to buy this, but take a look at this. And it was like, literally like we're now remodeling this building and it's like the most unique property. Everybody can't believe I found it and it wasn't even on the market, right? So it works. And that's the recipe. Grateful heart space. You've already received it and be persistent. It's not always going to happen the first time that you go into this place, but this absolutely works. hundred mm, percent. So beautiful. Thank you for that tip. And I know lots of people listening will probably want to manifest something in their life. So try that practice, try that gratitude practice. So thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. What is one thing that we can do for more love in our life? How can we have more love in our life? That's an easy one. We love ourselves more, right? It's an inward job. You know, if you think like, you know, when I've been in love in the past, Right now I'm single, but in times in my life when I've been in this relationship where I was like, oh my God, I'm so in love with this person, I reminded myself that I'm actually loving myself. You know, this person is bringing out because I'm loving my life, I'm loving the experience and they're reflecting that. And so it can be fairly obvious if people really pay attention to it. But the more you love yourself, the more you accept yourself the better you're going to be as a partner for someone else and the better partner you're going to attract into your life overall. And yeah, so that would be my best recommendation. Yeah. And again, it's free and it's something we can all start to do today. Self-love is so important. Don't underestimate it. It's like gratitude. They're so important. For sure. John, this has been so informative and so fun chatting to you. We could chat for hours. Is there anything else that you want to share or any last parting words of wisdom or anything else that you wanted to chat about that we didn't get to talk about yet? Well, you know, what I'd like to do is I'd like to offer a free book download. So, you know, we've talked a lot about melatonin and people are probably excited to read about it. And so we have kind of a sneak preview on a PDF and it is missing the chapter on cancer the chapter on the liver. We have a chapter on cannabis and melatonin and sleep. And there's a little bit more with the conclusion chapter and the pineal chapter that you're not going to see, but there's still a ton of information. And so if you'd like to come up with a code, we could give that code out and they could go to melatoninbook.com and they can simply download it for free. Of course, we should be in hard copy within a couple of months on Amazon. But for now, I think this is a great way for people to kind of dive into it. Oh my gosh, that's so generous. Can we make the code Melissa? Yes. Super easy. Super easy. People can remember it and we'll link to it in the show notes as well. So everyone go to the show notes and click that link, use the code Melissa and you get John's book, which is so generous of you. Thank you so much. And I want to thank you for that beautiful offer and also all of the wisdom and everything that you've shared today. It's been so beautiful. You're helping so many people. You are of service to so many people all around the world. I want to know how I and the listeners can give back and serve you today. Wow. You know, go out and do a random act of kindness today for somebody. That would make me happy. So beautiful. So simple and free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome, John. Thank you. This has been so great. I will link to everything that you've mentioned in the show notes. And I'm just so grateful for the work that you've done for helping and supporting my beautiful husband, Nick, and for coming on today and sharing with us. I'm so grateful. Melissa, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. And I'm really excited for your listeners to enjoy learning about melatonin and all the things that we discussed today. So... Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you. 
what an epic conversation. I'm super inspired to dive deeper into melatonin and add it to my regime and see what happens. Sounds very exciting. I'm also really excited and motivated to do the hot and cold plunge pools. I wonder if we could fit one in our garage. I'll talk to Nikki B about that and see if we can squeeze it in. (laughs) I'm not sure about that though. I loved this conversation. What a beautiful human. I got so much out of it. And if you did too, please subscribe and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts because that means that we can inspire and educate even more people together. And it also means that all of my episodes will just pop up in your feed and you never have to go searching for them, which is pretty cool. And come and follow me on Instagram at Melissa Ambrosini and tell me what you got from this episode. I absolutely love hearing from you and I love connecting with you. So come and say hi. And before I go, I just wanted to say thank you so much for being here, for wanting to be the best, the healthiest and the happiest version of yourself and for showing up today for you. You rock. Now, if there's someone in your life that you can think of that would really benefit from this episode, please share it with them right now. You can take a screenshot, share it on your social media, email it to them, text it to them, do whatever you've got to do to get this in their ears. And until next time, don't forget that love is sexy, healthy is liberating, and wealthy isn't a dirty word. Don't forget to head to comparisonitis.com to get your copy of my latest book and all the free goodies that go with it. I cannot wait for you to read it and to hear what you think.